0: Grace be unto you, and peace from God our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. Let us hear the word of God, as we find it written in the book of Zechariah, the ninth chapter, the ninth verse. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion! Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem! Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Good morning, dear friends, in Christ Jesus. I realize it isn't a very good morning outside, but I do hope that the light of Christ is shining in your hearts and minds this morning, that we are happy to be here in his house for worship Today, as you know, is the second Sunday in Advent. The word Advent means the coming and it refers to Jesus as the coming one. There are four Sundays in the Advent season. We are going to use the three remaining Sundays counting today in order to do with these Sundays what they are intended to do for us and that is to prepare us for Christmas. We are going to use them to get ready to celebrate the birthday of the child of Bethlehem. And we're going to do it in this way. We look at the manger child of Bethlehem and we ask the question that we just asked in the hymn. What child is this? Who is this child born in a manger in Bethlehem whose birthday we are about to celebrate? And to get our answer this morning we are turning back to the Old Testament To an ancient prophet by the name of Zechariah. If you remember the books of the Old Testament, that's the second last book in the Old Testament, Zechariah, Malachi. This man, Zechariah, lived about 400 years before Bethlehem. And in prophecy, he saw this manger child and he tells us just who this child is. And as we listen to him this morning, getting ready for Christmas, as Zechariah says, don't you know who this child is? When he saw this child in prophecy, he said, rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion! Shout for joy, O daughter of Jerusalem! Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. And this morning, Zechariah says to you, do you want to know who this child is? Why, this child is no less than your king. He is the king that has come. And you and I may say this morning, getting ready for Christmas, you mean this manger your child a king? We may say Does he doesn't look much like a king to us. And if he is a king, what kind of a king is he? Is he a wonderful king? Is he excellent? Is he the kind of a king that you and I would find worth knowing? Is he the kind of a king that you and I would like to love and believe in? What are the blessings that come from him if he is no less than a king? And Zechariah would say to you and me, rejoice greatly and shout as you get ready for Christmas, knowing that this manger child is no less than your king for the very reason that he would remind you and me this morning that he is a king second to none. He is every inch a king. He is the incomparable king. And that the blessings that he gives, they are second to none. There are no blessings that any other king could ever bestow upon you and me well, than the blessings of this king so as we're getting ready in this advent season and today is the second sunday let's look at this child of bethlehem and when zechariah says don't you realize that he is no less than your king and you and i say he is second to none and zechariah would remind you and me in the first place why this child your king is no less than the king of heaven do you remember back in the Old Testament when David said of this child, he said, the Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou at my right hand. And Zechariah would remind you and me that this child is no less than the king of heaven. He sits at the right hand of God. And then we say to ourselves, who is in heaven? What about him? He is the king and the word of God says, he is the Lord God of Sabaoth. He is the Lord God of the heavenly host, and when in the word of God we read about angels ten thousand times ten thousand, and that makes one hundred million, that this child of Bethlehem is the king of heaven, rolling over heaven over one hundred million. Angels, his special creation, two of them are named in the Bible. There's Gabriel, whom we know quite well, and the other one that is named is Michael. What a king! He is the king of the heavenly host. 100 million angels, 10,000 times 10,000. And knowing that angels are the greatest creation of God, they are his invisible spirits. We know that when they were created, they were given free will. And we know that some at creation, Satan who was the head, they rebelled against God and there are the fallen angels. But may you and I realize that since the fall of Satan and the other angels, there are still 10,000 times 10,000 who are confirmed in holiness and who have no desire to leave their home in heaven and all that means comfort to you and me today as we get ready to celebrate his birthday this comfort that the angels must love him a lot they must be very happy in their situation there has been no other fall of any angels they are confirmed in holiness and they stand before the throne the word of god tells us And they sing, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain, to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. This is the King. He is the King of heaven. Oh, no wonder, Zechariah says, Shout for joy, O daughter of Zion. Fill yourselves with great joy, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy King cometh. He is second to none. His blessings are second to none. For Zechariah would remind to me that this child, our king, is not only the king of heaven, but he's also the king of the earth. David said, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou with my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. This babe, this child of Bethlehem, the king of the earth, Oh, yes, when he was here on earth, remember, he said, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Whether the world of men and the enemies of the cross of Jesus Christ will admit it or not, nevertheless, this child is no less than the king of the earth. He has a whole wide world in the palm of his hand. He rules over all men. This is the king. He is the ruler of all creation. Nothing happens except by his permission. Nothing takes place. There is no luck, there is no chance, there is no blind faith that he is subservient to. This manger child of Bethlehem, no less than the king of the earth. And oh, that's comfort second to none, isn't it? That means that when he says, I have overcome the world, that he watches and he guards and protects you and me. It makes sense to life. Without this king of the earth, you and I would say, Why was I born? Why I am in this world. To come into the world for a few years and then to go into nihilism, to nothingnesses. this all there is to life. Is there no rhyme? Is there no reason? Is there no mission? Is there no purpose? But oh, this manger child of Bethlehem, he is the king of the earth. He makes life have sense. This is what gives purpose and mission. He tells your neighbor that not even a sparrow falls to the ground without his permission. And that every adversity that comes into your life and mine, he overrules it for our good. This is the king. Oh, this manger child of Bethlehem, Zechariah says, rejoice greatly, shout, scream it out. He is no less than your king. You and I say, every inch a king, wonderful, magnificent, magnificently, incomparable king. Every inch, second to none, yes. Zechariah would say, look at him. Zechariah reminds and day that this child, our king, is not only the king of heaven and the king of earth, but is also the king of a kingdom of grace. What kind of a king was he? Remember when he stood before Pontius Pilate, the Roman governor, And he told Pilate that he was a king. And Pilate looked at him. Oh, you poor man. You're a king. You're a king. You, you a king. And he said, Pilate, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight. But my kingdom is from above. And you and I say, where is his kingdom? I can't put my finger on it. But oh, if he's the kingdom of the kingdom of grace. He's the kingdom of a kingdom of undeserved love. That's what it means. And we say, in order to understand what a kingdom that is, that he's the king of a kingdom that's second to none, that this babe came to die for that kingdom. He came, and on Calvary's cross, he had to take the guilt and the eternal damnation of the entire human race, and he had to bear its equal punishment on the cross in order to establish this kingdom and to be the kingdom of grace. And he had to merit a robe of righteousness whiter than snow for the entire human race on Calvary. It must be a tremendous kingdom, this kingdom of grace, when it costs that much that it cost the king his life his death on calvary's cross and you and i say where is his kingdom and he says the kingdom of god is within you if you and i could just go to heaven for a moment and have the power of god and look into the hearts of men and coming into the continents of north america and south america and europe and Asia, and africa and australia and we could look into the hearts of men to see where there's real true living faith in him then we would say there is his kingdom His kingdom lives in the hearts of those who are his, who have embraced him as Lord and Savior. This kingdom of grace is the kingdom of the saved on earth. Without denominational handles, to be sure, they are the saved on earth. And oh, what comfort second to none, in that kingdom of grace there is forgiveness of sins. I know of only one place to go with a guilty conscience, don't you? When conscience troubles and we have a sense of guilt, there's only one place to go. You go to the King. You go to him and you confess your sins. And when he says your sins are forgiven you, I remember your sins no more than you and I can live with ourselves, can't we? I know of no greater place to go when you and I say, I don't want to be lost, I don't want to be condemned, but to go to our king and to ask him through forgiveness to deliver us from hell. And he tells us you are delivered. I know of no greater blessing than to go to him and ask him for eternal life that in the moment in your life and mine when we believe in him, that eternal life is ours right there. I know of no greater place to go than this king. We're getting ready for Christmas, and we say, who, who is this child? This manger child, we're going to celebrate his birthday in Zechariah 400 years before he came. said, so don't you know why you ought to shout, you ought to rejoice and tell it from the housetops? Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. And Zechariah would remind you, that this king who is again, this child that came, he is no less than the king of glory. The king of glory, you say. What a king. The king of glory. What is the kingdom of glory? Why, the kingdom of glory is made up of all those who have believed in him, who have died, and who have gone to heaven. That's the kingdom of glory. And you and I may say, is that a magnificent thing? Is that a magnificent kingdom, those that are in glory with him? Well, when he was here on earth, you know, he said one day, let not your heart be troubled. He said, you believe in God, believe also in me. He said, in in my Father's house are many mansions. And he said, if it weren't so, I would have told you, and i go to prepare a place for you. We say to ourselves, what a king, a king of glory, heavenly mansions that he prepares for those who have gone to be with him is there any king that is any greater than this king oh he's second to none in the kingdom of glory we say how big is the kingdom of glory well if there are between two and a half and four billion human beings on the face of the earth today I wonder how big the kingdom of glory is. Sometimes you and I make it small, but don't forget John said, "And I saw a great multitude, when he saw the kingdom of glory, that no man could number." How many have been saved from the time of Adam down through the four thousand years of the Old Testament and nearly two thousand of the New who have put their faith in Christ? I am inclined to believe, on the basis of that, the kingdom of glory is tremendously large. Small in comparison to the entire population of the human race, yes. But, oh, it's a big kingdom. And you and I say, blessing, second to none, This blessing, that those that are in the kingdom of glory would, they'd never trade with you and me. Oh, the story is told, you know, about a mother that had a little boy, and she had a little girl. And God took the little boy, and oh, Mother grieved terribly about that little boy. When Christmas would come, oh, it was hardly bearable for her. And the little girl felt so sorry for her mother that she said, I'm going to go to Jesus, and I'm going to ask Jesus if he won't let my little brother come back. And so she went to Jesus, as the story goes, and she told Jesus that Mother is so blue, a Mother is so downcast because little brother isn't there, could she bring him back? And Jesus opened the door of heaven, and he let her look, and she saw from a distance her little brother and said, she came back to mother and she said mother i saw brother and i didn't ask him to come back oh he was so happy and she said he was so happy that i would have liked to have stayed too that's the joy of the kingdom of glory we're getting ready for christmas and we're saying Zechariah. Who is this manger child? And Zechariah said, don't you know? Why, this child, he is no less than your king. And we say to ourselves, he is no less than our king, this child. Why, Zechariah said, don't you know that he is your king who's coming back again? He is the one who arose from the dead, you know, when men thought that he couldn't ever conquer the grave. He is the one that went back to heaven, and he's the one that says, I'm coming back again. There will be another advent when he is coming back, and we say, what a king! who could conquer the grave and who could go to heaven and who could say he's coming back and we look oh he he doesn't look much like a king lying in a manger in a stable a king but he says when he comes again he says i'm going to come in the glory that is mine he's going to come in glory what a king second to none and you never say, what blessings to us this, it will be on that day, a tremendous day of vindication. The word of God says on that day, every knee shall bow. That not only means your knee and mine, it means every knee of every human being that has ever seen the light of life. It means all his enemies, those that have cursed him and blasphemed him. Every knee shall bow and shall recognize him as the king it's going to be too late for millions and millions it'll be vindication day for him and vindication for those of us who have believed in him today men can laugh and they can scoff at Christians to believe that this manger child of Bethlehem is a king that's coming again but let me tell you on that day every knee shall bow and say well he was a king I rejected him but oh every inch king vindication day What a day it's going to be. Vindication for the king. Vindication for his subjects. Because every knee is going to bow that day. Zechariah says, you want to know who this babe is? This child of Bethlehem, why he's no less than your king. He is the king whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Of his kingdom, the word of God says, there shall be no end. When he comes again and creates new heavens and a new earth, then we are told that he shall reign forever and ever and ever. What a king! No other king could ever say that. No other king could ever claim that his kingdom would have no end. But oh, this manger child of Bethlehem, his kingdom shall have no end. And that means blessing second to none. It means this, that Satan and the fallen angel shall be in hell forever. Evil will never again raise its ugly head. And the comfort of this, that never again will there be a second fall. No man will fall again from grace. We shall be confirmed in holiness forever and ever in that eternal kingdom ruled over by an eternal king. Zechariah said, you want to know who this babe is? Why he is no less than your king, in whose kingdom there will be fullness of joy. We say to ourselves, though if we are in his kingdom throughout eternity, are we going to be happy? For well, the word of God would remind us there shall be fullness of joy. Your capacity in mine and spiritual things will be filled to the full. The malefactor on the cross didn't have the spiritual capacity of a Paul, but his spiritual capacity will be filled, and so will Paul's, and so will yours, and so will mine. You and I will not know the spiritual capacities of one another, but we do know this, that whatever the size of your spiritual capacity in mine, it will be fullness of joy. There will be different degrees of hidden glory in the fullness of our capacities, and there will be different degrees in the visible glory. There will be rank in heaven and status, and some shall be on thrones. But you see, there isn't going to be any jealousy. When again the ranks are there in heaven, we shall all stand and be utterly engrammored of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. For once in your life and mine,
1: The joy of anticipation
0: will not be greater than the joy of realization. How often in your life and mine, when we plan something and there's so much fun in planning it, and then the reality comes and it lets us down. When we get to heaven, regardless of what anticipations you and I may have, they will all be dimmed by the glory and the joy of the reality of heaven. We're getting ready for Christmas it's nice to come into church in the Advent season. It's time for introspection. It's the time to get alone with our Lord. And when Zechariah says, "Rejoice greatly and shout for joy," we ought to say, "I'm going to do it." And then we ought to just stop for a moment and look inside of ourselves, see to what point have you and I really committed ourselves to Christ? Have we laid at His feet everything that we know is against His will? Have you and I said, "This, this I know He doesn't like." And I'm putting it at his feet. I'm done with that because that's not in keeping. This is an appearance of evil. I'm going to lay it aside. And when you and I have really committed ourselves to his will, then we're getting ready for Christmas because to the point that we commit ourselves will as being absolute in our lives and all things, to that point we begin to appreciate what it means to have him as a king. Or we ought to rejoice then into our lives to show that he is our king and our little deeds of mercy and kindness and goodwill toward one another. Then we're ready for Christmas, because then we know that it pleases him, all oh, the little things in life. This is the time of the year, isn't it, when somehow or other our hearts are touched, and we go out of a way to show a little bit of more mercy and kindness and tenderness and Consideration for one another. How marvelous it is that when this king rules in your heart and mind, that we can show it in love, in little things, because he does appreciate the little things. That's why I love the Christmas carol that has come to us from the Czech people. Because at its heart it has this. It only takes a little to please our Lord. You know the story about the little drummer boy. There were a lot going to the manger, according to this carol, and the wealthy were bringing great gifts of wealth to the manger child, but along with this group, there was a little drummer boy who was a poor boy. He didn't have any gift to give to the king, and he didn't have any gift that would be fit the king that he had on his drum, And as the legend goes, he walked up to the manger, he told the Christ child, I'm only a poor drummer boy. I don't have a gift. I don't have anything to give you. But I've got a drum. Could I play my drum for you? The story goes that he looked at Mary and Mary nodded, said it would be all right. Then the little boy began to play his drum. And the ox and the lamb, they kept time with him as he played his drum. Then he tells us, I played the best I could. I did my best for him. And then came the surprise. He looked down at the Christ Child and he said, and then he smiled at me and my drum. When in the little things in your life and mine, in this Advent season, we can look at the Christ Child and we can say, and he smiled at me. That's going to mean a Merry Christmas. Amen. The peace of God which passeth all human understanding, keeping the nights your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting.